0: Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire you in your walk with God. For more information about our church, check out our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram at c3calgarywest. Awesome. Hope there's no snow. Come on. That's Calgary. And it's May. I love Calgary because it teases us so much, doesn't it? It's like, teases us with a good weather, and then it just reminds us, hey, I'm harsh. I can be cold and harsh, but I'm so good as well and bright and vibrant. It's a beautiful thing. It's going to be great to have Pastor Lon and and Kelly back with us uh, next Sunday. Uh, Who's looking forward to them coming back? Yeah, I I know I am. Um, Today, I'm going to speak on Simply Jesus. It's awesome. That's the, the theme we've been looking at going into Easter, and now it's trickling over a little bit into May. Who, who had a great Easter time? Whatever you were doing. Where, who was uh, part of something C3 related in, uh, whether it's East Village or here over the time? Yeah. Who was away for Easter? Like sometimes, yeah, lots of different things. Easter is such an amazing time. It's like the Super Bowl of our, of our faith, isn't it? It's like it's game day. It's all on. It's a, everybody all of a sudden becomes interested in what's going on. We wear the Team Jesus colors and we come... Come on, and then, you know, but it's you guys are the ones who are here post-season and training and pre-season, and it's great. So I'm just excited to share on Jesus today, and I believe in the message is going to uh, impact you guys as much as it has impacted me and, and spoke to me. And You know, there was a pastor once, and um, he just finished preaching his Easter sermon, and, you know, he was exhausted. He'd poured it all out. It was game day. He was giving it on. as soon as he finished, he saw this man marching down the aisle um, with a scold on his face. Now, this happens to pastors more than you'd actually expect. And he was coming down, and he walked straight up to him, and he put his finger in his chest, and he said, "'Pastor, in the 30 years I've been coming to this church, "'I've only heard you speak about when Jesus was born "'and about when Jesus died. "'This is a big book. "'Surely there's something else in this book.'" The pastor suddenly recognized him, and he said, "'Oh, Mr. Wilkinson, so good to see you here today. "'I only speak about the birth and death, you say?' May I suggest that you turn up not just on Christmas and Easter to hear the rest of the story? Boom, boom. I know some of you guys have sat through that joke twice. Some of you have sat through it three times if you are at our downtown location, East Village, last week. You guys are really sanctified. I was expecting coffee cups to start flying and hitting me, but, you know, Easter is such a, a very special time, but it's a bit of a, a conundrum for me when, I, when I've been preparing and, and preaching around it because it can create... The idea that, well, Christmas time or Easter time, this is what we talk about. We talk about God coming to be with us and, and born at Christmas. And Easter is when we talk about uh, his death, his burial, his resurrection, that the tomb is empty, when really this is the core of our faith. This is what everything's anchored in, is that Christ came for us. That's the good news. But he didn't just come and die for us, he actually rose again. And resurrection power now can, can live in us because he sent his Holy Spirit to be with us. And it's an awesome thing. And so I'd never want to get the idea in my own life or create the impression, well, this is the time we talk about Easter things and Christmas things. And the truth is, whatever we speak about, it's got to be anchored in Jesus. When we're talking about finances, it's anchored in Jesus. When we talk about spiritual warfare, when we talk about relationships, whatever it might be, it's all in the context of Jesus Christ, of who he is, what he's done, and what he's empowered us to do because of it. So let's remember that when we, when we read our Bibles and our Old Testament, or our New Testament, whatever it is, it's pointing us towards Jesus, not just knowing about God, but knowing him more, and we do that through knowing Jesus. Um, so we're going to jump into, I, I, today I want to speak from Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, and uh, today I want to help us see Jesus bigger than he is right now in, in our lives. Now, I can't really do that. The Word of God can do that. The Holy Spirit can do that. I get to elaborate and share a bit. But I want us to see Jesus as bigger today. So I'm just going to pray before we come about His Word. Lord, I thank You so much, God, for what You've done and what You're doing in C3 uh, Calgary, Lord God, and for each person who's here this morning, despite what they might be going through. They showed up, they're here, they're hungry, they're anticipating you to move. You've been moving through this service and you'll continue to move through this message. So I pray you just reveal yourself to us in a greater way in this next 20 minutes or so as we explore your word. Speak to us, Lord God. I thank you. It's sharp, Lord, Um, and and it's like a two-edged sword, Lord. It's piercing the places it needs to and your Holy Spirit is activating it. So I pray your words, preach, Lord, that you increase and I decrease in this place. In your name we pray, amen. Awesome. So we're going to jump into it. And and what Paul's um, speaking to here to the church uh, as he's writing his letter is he's speaking against some ideas that have come up around Jesus that are a little bit funky. They're a little bit interesting. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard some ideas about Jesus that are a little bit funky, a little bit interesting, a bit out there. Well, this is what was happening in the early church as well. And so Paul's um, speaking to the, the church and he's saying... Uh, he's speaking against, we don't know the exact specifics, we know historically and looking at what he's speaking about, there's a few what we call heresies uh, um, happening in the church. And now a heresy, this, he's not just talking about uh, you know, what shoes the preacher's wearing, he's not talking about that, um, this is like some pretty big stuff about the, the divinity of, of Jesus Christ, there's people coming in and trying to say that no, no, he was just a man. That, that, he wasn't, that he wasn't God and man, which is, is a part of our faith. Also, people were coming in and trying to um, put laws and rules and regulations on the Christians at the time. They were saying, yeah, 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 you can have Jesus, but you also need to do these Old Covenant laws um, in order to be approved by God. And so he's speaking to this kind of thing. But we can all get some interesting ideas and hear some interesting ideas about Jesus. You know, uh, I, I have lots of family members, friends who, who love Jesus as a man, as, as a teacher, as a good moral person that we should try to emulate, but, but they question his divinity. Maybe some of us are in that place today, maybe some of us have been in that place, and these are the kind of things that Paul's speaking to, and what he's trying to do is re-establish and lift up the name of Jesus and his supremacy, and, uh, and so that's what he's unpacking here. So I'm just going to walk through the scriptures, and we're going to try and, and see Jesus bigger than we currently do see him. But also, I believe, these Holy Spirits revealing things in our life as we do this today, as we've been worshipping, that, that have tried to take the place and put themselves up as bigger and larger than how big our God is. And by the end of the service, that's going to break. We're going to get a shift in perspective, and we're actually going to see Jesus as bigger and our problem is smaller. So it's going to be awesome. So Colossians 1.15, speaking of Jesus, it says, "...the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created." things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Okay, this is an amazing thing. What Paul's saying here is that the Son was there in the beginning. Christ was there in the beginning. He didn't just begin later on. The, The Son of God didn't just begin when he was born Um, you know, around Christmas time, we celebrate, he he didn't just begin, and he was actually, he pre-existed that, he was there in the beginning. He didn't just arrive in the New Testament time, he was before time existed. John 1 verse uh, 1-3, it says there, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, speaking of Jesus. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. Wow, this is amazing. Because I don't know if you ever fall into the trap of, of just thinking that, that the Son of God just arrived when Jesus arrived. Yes, Jesus, it took the, he took the form of Jesus at that time. But the Son of Christ actually pre, predated that, pre-existed that. He's been there in the beginning. We don't just meet the Son in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Trinity in the New Testament. He was actually there and active in creation. This is amazing. This blows my mind. It's such a big thing. Then throughout the progressive revelation, as we read through the the Old Testament stories and and the scriptures, um, it speaks of him. It speaks of He's coming and that Yeshua is going to be coming to, to save us, to lead us out. In the meantime, we're going through these things, but it's all pointing us to a day where where God will actually arrive and He will lead us out of what we're in and make a way where we can have a, a relationship with God through through faith in Him. And Jesus says in Luke 24, verse 25 and 27, this is the greatest Bible study that ever took place, that there was no smartphones to capture it. There was nothing like that, but, but we do have the Word of God. He's It's uh, after he's resurrected and he's walking with his disciples. And it says in verse 25, he said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Wow! That's an amazing thing. I I so wish I was at that Bible study. It would be such a better sermon today for y'all. Be a great thing, but this is reaffirmed in, in Acts, um, the book of Acts, in chapter 26, 22 and twenty three. In First Peter one ten to twelve, just to name a couple of the scriptures where where it actually speaks about Jesus pre existing. He's he was made flesh um, a, at Christmas time in, in AD zero or three or whatever depends where your yeah, history lies there. And um, but but he was actually pre existed all these things, and and more than just the Bible speaking about him, he's actually in it. He's in the Old Testament and, and we need to see him in there. He's the I am in whom Abraham rejoiced. That was Christ, I believe. He's the Lord who motivated Moses. I believe that was Christ. The Redeemer who brought them out of Egypt was Jesus. The rock in the wilderness was Christ. The king of Isaiah's temple's vision was the Son of God. He came to comfort Hagar. He he wrestled with Jacob. We see Christ appearing in the Old Testament. He was there, he was present, he wasn't just spoken about. But he was there. It's an amazing thing. God is, I believe, God has always worked within the Trinitarian pattern. That's from the Father through the Son by the Spirit. Who points us back to the Son, who says, Look to the Father, who says, Here's my Son with whom I'm pleased, who says, The Holy Spirit's going to come, who points us back to Jesus. That's how it kind of works through the Bible, right? The Father shows us Himself in the Son. And that's what Jesus is. So why does it matter to us today that he he pre-existed? I believe it matters because he was not the backup plan. He is the plan. He always was the plan. He was there right at the beginning. And and whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, our purpose, our plan, everything can be found in Jesus. He is, he always will be. Jesus is bigger than we think. Can you say that? Can you say "Jesus Jesus is bigger than I think? He is. He so is. So let's keep going with this. Paul is reminding us here that um, of the supremacy of Christ, like I spoke of, and that He is before all things, over all things. Now, take note in that scripture; he, he acknowledges that He's above all authorities and, and principles, things that are visible, things that are invis- invisible, the, the spirit world. But Jesus actually rules over all of them, and I believe the Bible teaches us there are there are strongholds and and spiritual forces that would would. Uh, we establish a stronghold in our lives at times and, and try to hold us back. And we have some great things here that we believe in um, in the church. We have cleansing streams. I know many of us have gone through cleansing streams. This is a group we run a couple times during the year. I'd really encourage you to be a part of it because what you learn about there is some of the strongholds and things that are holding us back, but more than that, 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 that we can, uh, we're empowered and we can be delivered from these strongholds that would hold us back. And we've seen so many amazing things take place in, in these groups and in, in these the retreat that happens because there's generational things, there's stuff from our past that we're not even aware of that can, through the process of His Word and His Holy Spirit and taking cleansing streams, you become aware of, and the awesome things you get to break free. We also uh, have partnered with LL Ministries. There's these great things that there are principalities, there are things that would try and affect us, but we've got to remember, and what we love about these groups is that It's already been won in what happened on the cross. all those years ago, Jesus has won the victory over these things. So what any good deliverance ministry or healing ministry actually reminds us and helps us get through is that, hey, the victory has been won for you, and let's get through these things that are stopping you from stepping into that victory. So I just encourage you to be a part of those. Keep your eyes out for when cleansing streams is happening again. Go through them. It's so worth it. I've been through cleansing streams. My wife and I have been through LL ministries. We recommend it to everybody. But, but it's all in the context of Christ and his victory and his supremacy over all things. And, and a lot of, the, lot of the time, it's our wrong perspectives that actually give different things more power than they ought to have in our life. This is the same with our problems and our storms and things we go through. Depending on how we're looking at them, they can seem way bigger than they actually are. But Jesus is bigger than them. Our problems seem too big only when we see Jesus as smaller than he is. I honestly believe that. And may, may I suggest that when you are facing a challenge, a problem, maybe you're going through a horrible circumstance right now. I have no doubt there's people here going through things that I can't even think or imagine. But I, I would encourage you in these challenges, take time to remember or to discover how big Jesus is. How big Jesus is. It's amazing as we allow Jesus into our problem that it actually begins to shrink back to its actual size but it's all about our perspective. Jesus is bigger than we think. So let's continue on. Verse 17, Paul says, he, speaking of Jesus, is be all, before all things, and in him all things hold together. Anybody ever feeling like you're barely holding together? You might say story of my life. I don't know. <laughs> you know, we go through seasons where we, we feel like, you know, certain seasons we feel great that, yeah, I I got, got a hold of this life. I Things are going well, my, my bills are getting paid, I, I got great relationships. And then we go through other seasons where, um, where everything seems to be in pieces. And sometimes this is a difference between Monday morning and Tuesday afternoon for some of us, right? Monday morning, taking on the world. Well. Tuesday afternoon, oh no, help, I'm in pieces. But I love that Jesus, it says here, in him, all things are held together. Even our broken, crazy, quirky lives are held together in Jesus. Friends, we have not been promised an easy life. I'm sorry if you've ever thought that that's what the Word of God or or this life is about. It's not actually, we've never been promised an easy life from God. But what we have been promised is that despite what we're going through, despite where we find ourselves in life, that God is with us, that he will not forsake us. That he is actually in, a, he's not just looking from afar, but he's involved and active in our situation. Whatever we're facing, however far away we feel from him, he is there. He is with us. He, he says in, to his disciples, John 16, chapter 33, they're, chat, they're having a chat. He's, he's talking about the guys getting them uh, revved up because he's about to leave. He knows they're about to face a very hopeless situation where he's gone, he's crucified on the cross. And he says, I have told you these things, so that in me you, ha- you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Ah, oh, Jesus, did you have to say that? Did you have to say you will have trouble? Couldn't you have you said you might have trouble? No, he actually says you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. From the beginning of time, Jesus has been at work in our world and in our lives. And sometimes that's hard for us to see. Today we're going to uh, after we after this message, we're going to pray through that because there's some things that would try to block us. And I encourage you, if you have something, and even now as I'm speaking, you're going, yeah, yeah, I, I know Jesus is big, but this circumstance, this problem, you don't understand, Stephen, I'm facing this issue at the moment. You're right. I don't know the problem that you're facing, but I know that Jesus is bigger than your problem. And I believe there's going to be a time to respond at the end of this message. And I believe as we walk forward, as we step out, faith is going to rise. Hope is going to rise up inside of us. And those things are actually going to be broken through his mighty name and I'm excited to get to do that with you but it says we may we will have trouble not might, we will have trouble but take heart I have overcome the world it's a beautiful thing so no matter how messed up your life looks right now no matter how many pieces your heart seems to be broken into and and you feel like you're just getting kicked and torn up into shreds I want you to remember and I want you to speak out that Jesus is bigger than you think And that he holds these things together. Even if it feels like it's in pieces, he's holding it together. Rest today in the knowledge that Jesus is in control. And as as he holds this world together, he can hold your heart together too, if you allow him. So verse 18, Paul continues to encourage the church here. He says, and he, speaking of Jesus again, of course, is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. This is an, like this whole passage, we could spend months on. I'm just scratching the surface of this today. But I want you to study it and read it and look at it anytime you need to remember how big Jesus is. But what, he, what he's saying here, and I'm so happy um, as, as a pastor, Brittany and I are the pastors of our C3 East Village location downtown. We, we love it down here. We love being a part of both churches and we love being under um, Pastor Lorne and Kelly's leadership. Not only are we under their leadership as, as our pastors, um, they're also our our parents. They're also our bosses. We're we're on staff here, and so we could write a great book about being a pa- I could write a book about being a pastor's kid-in-law. It'd be amazing. But we're so happy that that um, that he's our leader and Pastor Kelly's our leader, and we're we're following them. But the thing I love about our church and Pastor Lon and Kelly, Pastor Phil and Chris Pringle, C3 Church, is that we know that we know that Jesus is the head of our church. Ultimately, there's there's roles to be played, there's leadership to to come under, but Jesus is the head of the church. He's the head of the body. That's where our direction needs to come from. And that's as a body universally, as Christians, we need to remember that Jesus is our direction, not people, that Jesus is ultimately our head. As a local church, we need to know that um, while honoring and respecting our pastors as they follow Jesus, we, we can know that Jesus is in charge. But also in our own lives, Jesus is the head. That's where we're meant to get direction from. Our direction needs to come from, from Jesus. You know, something that can't hold us back is, is some of us, I've noticed at times myself, we're great at seeing Jesus as our buddy, as our friend, as our pal. And he is. Isn't Jesus the best friend to have? I can't, I'm so happy I have a friend that will, uh, you know, human friends... We should never expect them to be perfect. We should never expect them to always treat us right or do the right things. But in Jesus, he does. He's our friend. Yeah? Am I the only one that Jesus is our friend? He absolutely is that. I believe that. But he's also our Lord. He's also our authority. He's also our king. He's our head. We get direction from him. Are you treating Jesus just as your friend today and not as your Lord? Or have you let him in to be Lord of your life? You see, how we see him and what we accept him to be in our world, I believe, is the difference between being stuck or being free. Are we going to stay stuck or free? You see, a pal puts his arm around us and and pats us on the back and says, "You're you're doing great. You know, you'll get through this and we need those times. But Jesus wants to be able to do that as well as say, and here's the way out. Follow me. Here's the direction. I'll get you out of that situation. I'm not just going to be, be there for you in that situation. I can lead you out. Follow me. That's what it is to have him as Lord of our life. So I'll say it again. How we see him and what we accept him to be in our world is the difference between being stuck or being freed. He is a friend, but he is also Lord. Jesus is bigger than we think, yeah? Verse 19, it says... Paul says, For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. This is such a, a mind-blowing, fascinating verse to me. Um, you know, all things have been reconciled to Him. It says all things, not some things, all things. Everything, that all things in heaven and in earth. So not just around us, but in heaven, I, I just some of this stuff I can't get my head around. It's, it's way above my pay grade. But um, maybe you are a lot more into it. That is a mind-blowing concept, that all things have been reconciled. And so sometimes I know this in my head, but I don't actually act it out. I don't actually feel it. I, I say, God, I, I know you can redeem and reconcile all things, and you have done it on the cross, but what about this problem? What about this relationship? What about this financial breakthrough I need? What about what happened to me and and the memories that I have about that? Or what about what I did before I knew you? Are you big enough for that? Well, the Word of God says that He reconciles all things through what He did on the cross. All things. All things. I find this so intriguing. It is done. It is finished. But we try to talk ourselves out of it. I don't know if you're anything like me. I, I talk myself out of this. Yes, Jesus, you re- you reunite all things to God and, and all things to the Father through you, but but have you seen that person? Have you seen my neighbor? Have you seen this situation? Are you big enough for that? The Word of God says he is. It says Jesus has reconciled all things and that Jesus is bigger than we think. Nothing is impossible for God. A while back, uh, I had some friends who were going through a really... Just a nasty situation in their marriage. Um, they've been married for, for years, and, and, but it just everything just hit, hit, the, hit the fan, so to speak. And, and stuff was uh, messes were coming up everywhere. It was stuff that was undealt with, brokenness, sin, all this kind of stuff. And one of the comments that was made as, as this was getting walked out and, and played out was, I, I don't think God is big enough to fix this. I don't think he can reconcile us. Have you ever thought that in a situation? Let's be honest with ourselves. You know, we wouldn't say it on a Sunday when we come to church in our Sunday best, but maybe on a Monday or Tuesday we have thought those thoughts. Is is God actually big enough? Is He into fixing this? Now, the good news is in, in that situation, they got breakthrough. They're on the up. They didn't give up. They made it through. And what shifted for them? Perspective. Through tears, through the difficult conversations, through prayer and the Holy Spirit and the healing power of God and mindsets mindsets being shifted, they began to see Jesus as big enough to fix their problem and their problems as small enough for him to deal with. They allowed Jesus to reconcile and redeem their marriage. And, And whatever you're facing, maybe you're in that situation, maybe you're in a Different difficult situation. I believe that God has reconciled all things, which means he can redeem the, the situation you're in. It's not over yet. You're still going. And I believe you need to hear that today, that you can overcome because of what Jesus did. He is bigger than we think. Verse 21 says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. Now, I love, I love this, just, uh, this verse here. It says, Once you were once you were alienated from God, past tense, because of what's been done and because of Jesus, that's past. You're not alienated from God anymore. If you know Jesus, if you accepted him, then God is right there with you. You'll never have to worry about being alienated from him again. And it says you were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. We've got to keep this in the past tense. Tense is so important because God is not our enemy and we are not enemies of him anymore. But the big, you know, our mind can play tricks on us. It's the biggest battlefield we face, actually. I don't know if it is for anybody else. I know for me, uh, generally, day-to-day, I don't have to worry about um, a physical battle going on. I'm not in a war. I'm not out on the battlefield or anything like that. But there's a huge battlefield in my mind and in your minds as well that we have to fight every day. And in some ways, it's much more powerful than the physical. And it can can kill us if we allow it to. The biggest battlefield we face is not a physical one, but it's the battlefield of our thoughts. But the awesome news is, is that we allow Jesus in, we get victory over that. And so these, ba- these thoughts can pop up for me and maybe for you that, that maybe he isn't for me anymore. Maybe, he, maybe he's against me. Maybe the reason I'm not getting breakthrough in that situation is because God's punishing me for something. Um, he doesn't like what I'm up to, that I'm, I've been separate from him. I haven't been reading my Bible and praying quite as much, so maybe that's why stuff isn't happening for me. That sickness that I've got, I've been diagnosed with, that's, that's from him, that he's trying to teach me a lesson, that he's trying to stop me moving forward. These are tricks that our mind will play. But we can overcome them because this is not the truth, and we need to speak the truth of God that says we were alienated from God, and, and, and the stuff was happening, but no longer because of what Christ did and who he is, that he made a way. God does not, um, God does not punish his kids. God does not do something bad to teach them a lesson. Now, he uses situations in our life to teach us something, but he is not the cause of that thing that you're going through. Christ is bigger than whatever you're facing right now. It says in verse 22, out of that thought of, of, of things in our mind, that battlefield, it says, But now, whenever there's a but in the Bible, it's there for a reason. But now, he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight, Without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is amazing. God does not see you the way you see yourself. I'm so happy that God doesn't see me the way that I see myself. You know, I'm gonna invite the worship team to, to come back up. You know, I don't know about you, but but whenever I look in the mirror. It's a very tough situation for me. It's uh, you know Some of you guys are thinking, like, oh, that, that guy up the front there, he could have scrubbed up a little bit better for Sunday. Can you? This took a lot of work, you know, but my wake-up face is like a, kind of like Frodo Baggins off Lord of the Rings, like I'm a little bit feral. But when I look in the mirror, whenever I, I see a reflection, I see what's wrong. I see the things that are out of place in, in me. I see the... Maybe it's the pimple that's formed overnight. Maybe it's the scar that I've been carrying all my life. Maybe I'm looking a little bit rugged, or whatever it is. The first thing that we see is actually the the blemish, the the thing that isn't right in our eyes. But God does not see us that way. And so, you know, we, we apply that to other areas of our life, not just the physical. That well, well, I see that blemish. I see that scar. I see that that memory. That thing that happened to me, and. And not only do I see it, everybody around me sees it. But even if they don't see it, well, that's what God's looking at. That's what He's pointing out. And He's pointing at that, that, that thing that's wrong in my life. And He's accusing me and saying, oh, you just got to get that thing sorted out and then I'll be happy with you. But the Word of God says that that's not the case. That if we have our faith in Him and that we recognize that Jesus is big enough, He actually sees us without blemish or accusation. Without the faults. In Psalm 103, 103, verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. The, the Passion translation of that verse says, From sunrise to sunset, he removes our, our sin and iniquity from us. Isaiah 1, chapter 18, though our sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. He sees you complete. He sees you as the finished product. Jesus sees you as washed. God sees you as crushing it, as owning this life, because it was all directed and, and, and fulfilled on Him on the cross. So that addiction that's holding you back, that inappropriate relationship you have, that that anger issue that makes you lash out at people around you, the secrets that you've said, that time you are embarrassed for and you didn't stand up for your faith when your friends were mocking God. He doesn't see those moments. He sees you without blemish and accusation. Isn't that an amazing thing? He sees you complete, whole, clean. That's how He sees you today. But we don't see ourselves that way at times. But the awesome thing is, when I understand that my Creator, my God, my father sees me that way and I recognize the price that was paid in Jesus, then I can begin to see myself that way. When he sees the finished product and he calls it holy, I can actually start living out that holiness, becoming more like him as I follow Christ. When I know that God's forgiven me of my mistakes, then it actually empowers me to leave those mistakes behind and step into the new life that he has for me. But it's about perspective, it's about seeing God how He sees us, than seeing ourselves, rather than just looking in the mirror and seeing the blemishes. Jesus is bigger than your problems, bigger than your blemishes, bigger than your mistakes. He is so big that He does not only forgive us, but He empowers us to leave our old life behind and step into the new, amazing, spirit-filled, resurrection life, city-transforming life, situation-changing life, family-redeeming life, marriage-restoring life, that He has for you, because Jesus is bigger than we think, yeah? Let's stand in this place. I just want to finish by um, inviting you to respond, because I believe there's some of us here in this place, and we've been seeing our problems as way too big, and Jesus as way too small. And there's an opportunity, and as you step out today, and, and I'm going to invite the prayer team forward, uh, to, to come forward now actually they can come and stand up the front I believe every step you take faith is going to rise your problems going to begin to shrink and Jesus is going be, to begin to actually be bigger and elevated in your mind but it, and so it's not so much about these guys praying and imparting what they're going to do is stand and agree with you for the, what's already taken place by the time you get to the front as you say today God I have a problem, I have a situation, but I wanna see you bigger. I wanna see you more powerful than I currently do, because this is stopping me from actually seeing you for who you are, Jesus. Maybe that's you, and I just invite you to come forward. Even right now, as I'm speaking, you could come on forward, and I'm gonna read a passage over It's Maybe it's that battlefield of the mind thing. It's that you, every day you're finding yourself fighting a battle in your mind, and you, you feel like you're being overcome. You feel like you're being defeated, but there's victory in the name of Jesus today. And as you come forward, we're going to clear that cloud. I love what Lyndon said before about that cloud as we praise and worship. or as we pray as well, that cloud's going to get cleared and you're going to see Jesus for who He is, that you're not done yet, that you can beat that battle, that whatever thoughts you're having are not from God. They're from you, but He has overcome them on the cross. I invite you to come forward too. Please step out of your seat. Don't miss this opportunity to respond. I'm going to read this passage over us as we close with a little bit of worship here and pray with you. And I encourage you not to hold back, but at any point during this scripture or during the worship, come forward. This is the same passage of scripture. It's just from the message translation. So I'd encourage you to close your eyes, wherever you are, and just let the Word of God watch over you this morning as we conclude. Verse 15. Colossians 1:15 it says we look at this sun and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at the sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything God started in him and finds its purpose in him. And he was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right to this moment. And when it comes to the church, He organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning, and leading the resurrection prayed, He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, He's there, towering over far above everything and everyone. So spacious is He, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place and in Him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe People and things, animals and atoms get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies all because of His death. His blood that poured down from the cross. You yourselves are a case study of what He does. At one time, you had your back turned to God, thinking rebellious thoughts of Him, giving Him trouble every chance you got. But now by giving Himself completely at the cross, actually dying for you, Christ brought you over to God's side and put your lives together whole and whole. In His presence, you don't walk away from a gift like that. You stay grounded and steady in that bond of trust. Constantly tuned into the message, careful not to be distracted or diverted. There's no other message. justice is one. Every creature under heaven gets the same message. Wow, isn't that amazing? This is how big our Jesus is. And I'm gonna pray, and we're gonna worship. And Lord, I just thank you. You are big. You are bigger than our problems. You are bigger than us. Our... Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week!